0: act two of the new york idea by langdon mitchell this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. act two scene mrs vida Fillmore's boudoir the room is furnished to please an empty-headed pleasure-loving and fashionable woman the furniture the ornaments what pictures there are all witness to taste up to date Two French windows open onto a balcony, from which the trees of Central Park can be seen. There is a table between them, a mirror, a scent-bottle, etc., upon it. On the right, upstage, is a door, on the right, downstage, another door. A lady's writing-table stands between the two, nearer, center of stage. There is another door upstage, below it an open fireplace filled with potted plants and irons, etc., not in use. Over it is a tall mirror. On the mantelpiece are a French clock, candelabra, vases, etc. On a line with the fireplace is a lounge, gay with silk pillows. A florist's box, large and long, filled with American beauty roses, rests on a low table near the head of the lounge. Small tables and light chairs where needed. Benson, alone in the room, is looking critically about her she is a neat and pretty little english lady's maid in black silk and a thin apron still surveying the room she moves here and there and her eyes lighting on the box of flowers she goes to the door of vida's room and speaks to her yes ma'am the flowers have come she holds open the door through which vida in a morning gown comes in slowly she is smoking a cigarette in as esthetic a manner as she can and is evidently turned out in her best style for conquest.
1: "'Terribly garish light, Benson. Pull down the—'
0: Benson, obeying, partly pulls down the shade.
1: "'Lower still. That will do.'
0: As she speaks she goes about the room, giving the tables a push here and the chairs a jerk there, and generally arranging the vases and ornaments.
1: "'Men hate a clutter of chairs and tables.'
0: stopping and taking up a hand-mirror from the table she faces the windows
1: i really think i'm too pale for
0: this light yes ma'am benson goes out for the rouge and vida seats herself at the table there is a knock at the door come brooks comes in brooks an ultra english footman in plush and calves
2: any orders milady?
0: oh
1: of course you're the new
2: footman milady.
0: your name "'Brooks,
2: m'lady,'
0: Benson returns with the rouge. Vida, carefully giving instructions while she keeps her eyes on the glass and is rouged by Benson. "'Brooks, I am at
1: home to Mr. Carslake at eleven, not to anyone else till twelve, when I expect Sir Wilfrid Cates Darby.
0: "'Brooks, watching Benson, is inattentive.
2: "'Yes, m'lady.'
1: "'And I regret to inform you, Brooks, that in America there are no ladies.' "'Except sales-ladies.'
2: "'Yes, my
0: lady.' "'I am at home to no one but the two names I have mentioned.' Brooks bows and exits. She dabs on Rouge while Benson holds glass. "'Is
3: the men's club-room in order?' "'Perfectly, ma'am.' Whiskey and soda?' "'Yes, ma'am, and the tick has been mended. The British sporting papers arrived this morning.' Vida, looking at her watch, which lies on the dressing-table.
1: "'My watch has stopped.'
0: "'Benson, glancing at the French clock on the chimney-piece. five to eleven, ma'am.
1: Hmm. hmm, I shall be caught.'
0: "'Rising.'
1: "'The box of roses,
0: Benson.' "'Benson brings the box of roses, uncovers the flower, and places them at Vita's side.
1: "'My gloves, the clippers, and the vase.'
0: "'Each of these things Benson places in turn within Vita's range where she sits on the sofa. She has the long box of roses at her side on a small table, a vase of water on the floor by her side.' She cuts the stems and places the roses in the vase. When she feels that she has reached a picturesque position in which any onlooker would see in her a creature filled with the love of flowers and of her fellow man, she says, There. The door opens and Brooks comes in. Vida nods to Benson.
2: Sir John Carslake.
0: John, dressed in very knobby riding togs, comes in gaily and forcibly. Benson withdraws as he enters and is followed by Brooks. Vida, from this moment on, is busied with her roses.
1: Is that really you, Sir John? I see now where we
4: Americans are going to get our titles.
0: Good morning. You look as fresh as paint. He lays his gloves and writing crop on the table and takes a chair. I hope you
1: don't mean that. I never flattered myself for a moment you'd come. You're riding Cynthia Kay.
4: Fiddler's going to lead around here in ten minutes.
1: Cigars and cigarettes. Scotch.
0: Indicating a small table scotch goes up quickly to table and helps himself to scotch and seltzer and now do tell me all about her putting in her last roses she keeps one rosebud in her hand of a size suitable for a man's buttonhole ah
4: she's an adorable creature
1: delicate high-bred sweet-tempered sweet-tempered oh you're describing the horse by her i meant cynthia carslake
4: I'd rather talk about the last tornado. He drops moodily into a chair.
1: There is only one thing I want to talk about, and that is you. Why were you unhappy?
4: Why does a dollar last such a short time?
1: Why did you part?
4: Do you ever see a schooner towed by a tug? Well, I parted from Cynthia for the same reason the hawser parts from the tug. I
1: couldn't stand the tug. Ah. Awful cheerful morning chat. I must hear the story, for I'm anxious to know why I've taken such a fancy to you. Why do I like you? I won't tell you. It would flatter you too much. Tell me. There's a rose for you.
0: Giving him the one she has in her hand. I want more
4: than a rose.
0: You refuse to tell me?
4: There's nothing to tell. We met, we loved, we married, we parted. Or at least we wrangled and jangled. (sighs) Ha! Why weren't we happy? Don't ask me why. It may have been partly my fault. Never. But I believe it's all in the way a girl's brought up. Our girls are brought up to be ignorant of life. They're, they're ignorant of life. Life is a joke, and marriage is a picnic, and a man is a shawl strap. Upon my soul, Cynthia Dean. No, nope, I can't tell you. Please tell me. Well. She was an heiress, an American heiress, and she'd been taught to think that marriage meant burnt almonds and moonshine and a yacht and three automobiles, and she thought— I don't know what she thought, but I tell you, Mrs. Fillmore, marriage is three parts
0: love and seven parts forgiveness of sins. He continues restlessly to pace the floor as he speaks of Cynthia. She never loved you.
1: Yes, she did. For six
4: or seven months there was not a shadow between us. It was perfect, and then one day she went off like a pistol shot. I had a piece of law work and couldn't take her to see Flashlight race the Maryland mare. The case meant a big fee, big kudos, and in Cynthia Flashlight mad. And will I put on my hat and take her? No. And bang, she goes off like a stick of dynamite. What did I marry her for? And words, pretty high words, until she got mad when she threw over a chair and said, Oh well. Marriage was a failure, or it was with me, so I said she'd better try somebody else. She said she would, and marched out of the room.
1: But she came back.
4: She came back, but not as you mean. She stood at the door and said, Jack, I shall divorce you. Then she came over to my study table, dropped her wedding ring on my law papers, and went out. The door shut, I laughed. The front door slammed, I damned.
0: After a silence, moving abruptly to the window, she never came back. He turns away and then, recovering, moves toward Vida, who catches his hands. She's broken your heart. John, taking a chair by the lounge. Oh, no. You'll never love again. Try me. Try me. Ah, oh, no, Mrs. Fillimore. I shall laugh,
4: live, love, and make money again. And let me tell you one thing. I'm going to wrap her one over the knuckles. She's had a stick of a Connecticut lawyer, and he, well, to cut a legal story short. Since Mrs. Carslake has been in Europe, I have been quietly testing the validity of the decree of divorce. Perhaps you don't understand.
1: Oh, about a divorce, everything.
4: I shall hear by this evening whether the divorce will stand or not.
1: But it's to-day at three she marries. You won't let her commit bigamy. John
0: shaking his head.
4: I don't suppose I'd go as far as that. It may be the divorce will hold, but anyway I hope never to see her again.
0: He sits down beside her so that their faces are now directly opposite. Taking advantage of the close range, her eyes, without loss of time, open a direct fire.
1: No, oh, my poor boy! She has broken your heart.
0: Believing that this is her psychological moment, she lays her hand on his arm, but draws it back as soon as he attempts to take it.
1: Now don't make love to me. Why not? Because I like you too much. I might give in, and take a notion to like you still more. Please do. Jack, I believe you'd be a lovely lover. Try me. You charming, tempting, delightful fellow. I could love you without the least effort in the world. But no.
4: Ah, well, now, seriously. Between two people who have suffered and made their own mistakes. But you see,
1: you don't really love me.
4: Cynthia, Vida! No man can sit beside you and look into your eyes without feeling.
1: Oh, that's not love. That's simply... (laughs) Well, my dear Jack, it's beginning at the wrong end. And the truth is, you hate Cynthia Carslake with such a wholehearted hate that you haven't a moment to think of any other woman. I hate her! Jack, Jack, I could be as foolish about you as... Oh, as foolish as anything, my dear. And perhaps some day. Perhaps some day you'll come to me and say, Vida, I am totally indifferent to Cynthia. And then— And then? Then, perhaps, you and I may join hands and stroll together into the Garden of Eden. It takes two to find the Garden of Eden, you know. And once we're on the inside, we'll lock the gate. And lose the key under a rosebush. Under a rosebush.
0: There is a very soft knock, at which John starts up quickly. Come. Brooks comes in, with Benson close at his heels.
2: My lady, Sir Wilf.
0: Benson stops him with a sharp movement, and turns toward Vita. Your dressmaker, ma'am. Benson waves Brooks to go, and Brooks very haughtily complies.
1: My dressmaker, Benson. Oh, of course. Show her up. Mr. Karslick, you won't mind for a few minutes using my men's club room. Benson will show you. You'll find cigars and the ticker, sporting papers, whiskey, and if you want anything special, just phone down
0: to my chef. John, looking at his watch.
1: How long? Half a cigar.
4: Benson will call you. Don't make it too long. You see, there's my sheriff's sale on at twelve and those races this afternoon. Fiddler will be here in ten minutes, remember?
0: The door opens. Run along. John leaves, and Vida, instantly practical, makes a broad gesture to Benson.
1: Everything just as it was, Benson."
0: Benson whisks the roses out of the vase and replaces them in the box. She gives Vida scissors and empty vases, and, when Vida finds herself in precisely the same position which preceded John's entrance, she says,
3: "'There!'
0: Brooks comes in as Vida takes a rose from the basket.
2: "'Your ladyship's dressmaker, m'lady.'
0: Enter Sir Wilfrid in morning suit, boutonniere, etc.
1: "'Is that really you, Sir Wilfrid? I never flattered myself for an instant that you'd remember to come.
5: Come? Of course I come. Keen to come see you. By Jove, you know, who look as pink and white as a hunt in morning.
1: You'll smoke.
5: Awfully long fingers you have. Wish I was a rose or a ring or a pair of shears. I say. Do you ever notice what a devil of a fellow I am for originality? What? You've got a delicate little den up here. Not so much low living and high thinking as low lights and no thinking at all, I hope, eh?
0: By this time Vida has filled a vase with roses and rises to sweep by him and, if possible, make another charming picture to his eyes. Vida gliding gracefully past him. You don't mind my moving about?
5: Not if you don't mind my watching.
0: Sitting down on the sofa.
5: And saying how well you do it?
0: It's
1: most original of you to come here this morning. I don't quite see why you did.
0: She places the roses here and there, as if to see their effect, and leaves them on a small table near the door through which her visitors entered.
1: Oh, I saw that you admired her. And, of course, she did say she was coming here at eleven. But that was only bravado. She won't come. And, besides, I've given orders to admit no one.
5: May I ask you?
1: And, indeed, if she came now, Mr. Carslake is gone, and her sole object in coming was to make him uncomfortable
0: she moves toward the table stopping a half minute at the mirror to see that she looks as she wishes to look
1: very dangerous symptom too that passionate desire to make one's former husband unhappy but i can't believe it your admiration for cynthia carslake is so warm that it led you to pay me this visit a half hour too early in the hope of seeing
5: i say would you mind stopping a moment i'm not an american you know i was brought up not to interrupt but you americans it's different with you If somebody didn't interrupt you, you'd go on forever.
1: My point is, you come to see Cynthia.
5: I came hoping to see... Cynthia? But I would have come even if I'd known.
1: I don't believe it.
5: Give you my word, I.
1: You're here to see her, and of course...
5: May I have the, er, the floor? I was jolly well bowled over with Mrs. Carslake, I admit that. And I hope to see her here,
1: but you had another object in coming in fact you came to see cynthia and you came to see me what i really long to know is why you wanted to see me for of course cynthia is to be married at three and if she wasn't she wouldn't have you
5: well i mean to jolly well ask her
1: to be your wife why not and you came here to my house in order to ask her
5: oh but that's only my first reason for coming you know
1: well now i am curious what is the second
5: are you feeling pretty robust?
1: I don't know. Will you
5: have something? Then I'll tell you. Can't I support the news without- Mrs. Phillimore? you see it's this way. Whenever you're lucky, you're too lucky. Now, Mrs. Carslake is a nipper, and no mistake, but as I told you, the very same evening and house where I saw her-
0: He attempts to take her hand. What? That's it. You're over. He suggests, with his right hand, the movement of a horse taking a hurdle.
1: You don't really mean...
5: I mean, I stayed awake for an hour last night thinking about you.
1: But you've just told me that Cynthia...
5: Well, she did. She did bowl my wicket, but so did you. Don't you
1: think there's a limit to...
5: Now, see here, Mrs. Fillimore, you and I are not bottle babies, eh? Are we? You've been married, and I... I've knocked about. And we both know there's a lot of stuff a- talked about. Eh, eh? Well, you know, the one and only, that a fella can't be awfully well smashed by two at the same time. Don't you know? All rubbish, you know it. And the proof of the pudding's in the eating. I am.
1: May I ask where I come in?
5: Well now, Mrs. Fillimore, I'll be frank with you. Cynthia's my favourite, but you're running her a close second in the popular esteem. <laughs>
1: What a delightful, original, fantastic person you are! I knew
5: you'd take it that way.
1: And what next, pray?
5: Oh, just the usual, eh, thing? The, er, the same question? Don't you know? Will you have me if she don't?
1: (laughs) And you call that the same old usual question?
5: Yes, I know, but, but will you? I sail in the week. We can take the same boat. And, eh eh, my dear missus, mayn't I say, Vida, I'd like to see you at the head of my table.
1: With Cynthia at the foot?
5: Never mind Mrs. Carslake. I admire her. She's... But you have your own points. And you're here. And so am I. Damn, I offer myself and my affections. And I'm no icicle, my dear. Tell you that for a fact. And... And in fact, what's your answer? Vida sighs and shakes her head. Make it yes, I say. You know, my dear Vida.
0: He catches her hands. Vida drawing them from his. Unhand me, dear villain,
1: and sit further away from your second choice. What can I say? I'd rather have you for a lover than any man I know. You must be a lovely lover.
0: I am. He makes a second effort to catch her fingers.
1: Will you kindly go further away and be good?
0: Look here, if you
5: say yes, we'll be married.
1: In a month.
5: Oh, no, this evening
1: this evening and sail in the same boat with you and shall we sail to the garden of eden and stroll into it and lock the gate on the inside and then lose the key under a rose bush
5: yes yes i say that's too clever for me
0: he draws nearer to her to bring the understanding to a crisis vida interrupted by a soft knock my maid come sir wilfrid swinging out of his chair and moving to the sofa
2: Eh?
3: "'Benson, coming in and approaching Vida. "'The new footman, ma'am. "'He's made a mistake. "'He's told the lady you're at home.' "'What lady?' "'Mrs. Carslake, and she's on the stairs, ma'am.' "'Show her in.' "'Sir Wilfred
0: has been turning over the roses. "'On hearing this, he faces about with a long-stemmed one in his hand. "'He subsequently uses it to point his remarks. "'Sir Wilfred to Benson, who stops. "'One moment.' "'To Vida.'
5: I say, eh? I'd rather not see her.
0: But you came here to see her.
5: I'd rather not, eh? I fancied I'd find you here and her together. But her, finding me with you looks so deuced intimate. No one else do you see? I believe she'd draw conclusions.
3: Pardon me, ma'am, but I hear Brooks coming. Sir Wilfred to Benson.
1: Hold the door. So you don't want her to know? Sir Wilfred to Vida.
5: Be a good girl now. Run me off somewhere. Vida to Benson.
1: Show Sir Wilford the men's room.
0: Brooks comes in. The men's room? Ah, oh, hey. Vida, beckoning him to go at once. Sir Wil... He hesitates, then, as Brooks advances, he flings off with Benson.
2: Lady Carslake, milady.
1: Anything more inopportune. I never dreamed she'd come.
0: Cynthia comes in veiled. As she walks quickly into the room, Vida greets her languorously.
1: My dear Cynthia, you don't mean to say— Yes, I've come. Do take off your veil. Is no one
6: here? Won't you sit down? Thanks, no. That is—yes, thanks, yes. You haven't answered my question.
0: Cynthia waves her hand through the haze, glances suspiciously at the smoke, and looks about for the cigarette.
1: My dear, what makes you imagine that anyone's here? You've been smoking. Oh, puffing away!
0: CYNTHIA SEES THE GLASSES.
1: AND DRINKING? A PAIR OF
6: DRINKS?
0: HER EYES LIGHTING ON JOHN'S GLOVES ON THE TABLE AT HER ELBOW.
6: DO THEY FIT YOU, DEAR?
0: VIDA SMILES. CYNTHIA PICKS UP THE CROP AND LOOKS AT IT AND READS HER OWN NAME.
6: JACK. FROM CYNTHIA.
1: Yes, dear, it's Mr. Carslake's crop, but I'm happy to say he left me a few minutes ago. HE LEFT THE HOUSE?
0: VIDA SMILES.
1: I WANTED TO SEE HIM. TO QUARREL? I wanted to see him. And I sent him away because I didn't want you to repeat the scene of last night in my house.
0: Cynthia looks at Crop and is silent.
1: Well, I can't
6: stay. I'm to be married
1: at three and I had to play truant to get here.
3: Benson comes in. Benson to Vida. There's a person, ma'am, on the sidewalk.
1: What person, Benson?
3: A person, ma'am, with a horse.
1: It's Fiddler with Cynthia Kay.
3: She walks rapidly to the window and
0: looks out. Vida to Benson.
1: Tell the man I'll be down in five minutes.
0: Cynthia, looking down from the balcony with delight.
1: Oh, there she
0: is! Vida aside to Benson. Go to the club room, Benson, and say
1: to the two gentlemen I can't see them at present. I'll send for them when-I
0: hear someone coming. Quick. Benson leaves the door, which opens, and John comes in slowly, carelessly. Vida whispers to Benson. Benson, moving close to John and whispering beg pardon go back i beg pardon go back
4: can i've a date with the sheriff please use your eyes i am using my eyes don't you see there's a lovely
1: creature in the room
4: now, of course there is hush but what i want to know is hush is one one to stroll in the garden of eden hush and lose the key
0: To put a stop to this, she lightly tosses her handkerchief into his face. By George! Talk about Atar of Roses! Cynthia, at window, excited and moved at seeing her mare once more.
6: Oh, she's a darling! A perfect darling!
0: John starts up. He sees Cynthia at the same instant that she sees him.
6: Oh!
1: I didn't know you were here. I came to see you. Oh, pray feel at home, Cynthia, dear.
0: Stopping by the door to her bedroom, to John.
1: When I've a nice street-frock on, I'll ask you to present me to Cynthia Kay.
0: Vida opens the door and goes out. Cynthia and John involuntarily exchange glances.
1: Of course, I told you
6: yesterday I was coming here.
4: And I was to deny myself the privilege of being here? Yes. And you guessed I would do that? No. What? Jack,
6: I mean Mr. Carslake. No, I mean Jack. I came because, well, you see, it's my wedding day, and, and I— I was rude to you last evening. I'd like to apologize and make peace with you before I go.
4: Before you go to your last long home. I came to apologize. But you'll
6: remain to quarrel. I will not quarrel, no, and I'm only here for a moment. I'm to be married at three and just look at the clock. Besides, I told Philip I was going to Louise's shop, and I did, on the way here. But you see, if I stay too long he'll telephone Louise and find I'm not there and he might guess I was here so you see I'm risking a scandal. And now, Jack, see here. I lay my hand on the table, I'm here on the square, and what I want to say is why—Jack, even if we have made a mess of our married life, let's put by anger and pride. It's all over now and can't be helped. So let's be human, let's be reasonable, and let's be kind to each other. Won't you give me your hand?"
0: John refuses.
4: I wish you every happiness.
0: John, turning away, the past rankling.
4: I had a client once, a murderer. He told me he murdered the man, and he told me, too, that he never felt so kindly to anybody as he did to that man after he'd killed him. Jack! You murdered my happiness. I won't recriminate. And now I must put by anger and pride. I do, but not self-respect, not a just indignation, not the facts
0: and my clear memory of them. Jack! No! cynthia with growing emotion and holding out her hand
6: i give you one more chance yes i'm determined to be generous i forgive everything you ever did to me i'm ready to be friends i wish you every happiness and every every horse in the world i can't do more than that
0: she offers it again
4: you refuse i like wildcats and i like christians but i don't like christian wildcats now i'm close hauled trot out your tornado let the tiger loose it's the tamer, the man in the cage, that has to look lively and use the red-hot crowbar. But by Jove, I'm out of the cage. I'm a mere spectator of the married
6: circus. Be a game sport, then. Our marriage was a wager. You wagered you could live with me. You lost, you paid with a divorce, and now is the time to show your sporting blood. Come on, shake hands and part friends.
4: Not in this world. Friends with you? No. I have a proper pride. I don't propose to put my pride in my
0: pocket.
6: Oh, I wouldn't ask you to put your pride in your pocket while Vida's handkerchief is there. Pretty little bijou of a handkerchief.
0: Pulling out the handkerchief.
6: And she is charming and divorced and reasonably well made up.
0: Oh, well, Vida is a woman. Toying with the handkerchief.
4: I'm a man. A handkerchief is a handkerchief. And as some old Aristotle or other said, whatever concerns a woman concerns me.
6: Insufferable. Well, yes. You're perfectly right. There's no possible harmony between divorced people. I withdraw my hand and all good feeling. No wonder I couldn't stand you, eh? However, that's pleasantly past. But at least, my dear Carslake, let us have some sort of beauty behavior. If we cannot be decent, let us endeavor to be graceful. If we can't be moral, at least we can avoid being vulgar. Well. If there's to be no more marriage in the world— Oh, but that's not it. There's to be more and more and more. Very well. I repeat, then, if there is to be nothing but marriage and divorce and remarriage and re-divorce, at least, at least those who are divorced can avoid the vulgarity of meeting each other here, there, and everywhere. Oh, that's where you come out! I thought so yesterday, and today I know it. It's an insufferable thing to a woman of any delicacy of feeling to find her husband. Ahem! Former! Once a husband, always—
4: Oh, no! oh dear no
6: to find her to find the man she has once lived with in the house of making love to to find you here you smile but i say it should be a social axiom no woman should have to meet her former
4: husband No, oh, i don't know after i've served my term i don't mind meeting my jailer
6: it's indecent at the horse show the opera at races and balls to meet the man who once It's not civilized. It's fantastic. It's half-baked. Oh, I never should have come here. But it's entirely your fault. My fault? Of course. What business have you to be about? To be at large. To be at all. Gosh. To be where I am. Yes, it's just as horrible for you to turn up in my life as it would be for a dead person to insist on coming back to life and dinner and bridge.
4: Horrid idea.
6: Yes, but it's you who behave just as if you were not dead, just as if I'd not spent a fortune on your funeral. You do. You prepare to bob up at afternoon teas and dinners and embarrass me to death with your extinct personality.
4: Well, of course we were married, but it didn't quite kill me.
6: You killed yourself for me. I divorced you. I buried you out of my life. If any human soul was ever dead, you are, and there's nothing I so hate as a gibbering ghost.
4: Oh, I say
6: Go gibber and squeak where gibbering and squeaking are the fashion.
4: And so, my dear child, I'm to abate myself as a nuisance. Well, as far as seeing you is concerned, for my part, it's just like seeing a horse who's chucked you once. The bruises are okay, and you see him with a sort of easy curiosity. Of
0: course, you know he'll jolly well chuck the next man. Permit me. John picks up her gloves, handkerchief, and parasol, and gives her these as she drops them one by one in her agitation.
4: There's pleasure in the thought. Oh! and now may i ask you a very simple question mere curiosity on my part but why did you come here this morning i have already explained that to you not your real motive permit me oh but i believe i've guessed your real permit me your real motive oh cynthia i am sorry for you hmm of course we had a pretty lively case of the fever the mutual attraction fever and we were married a very short time And I conclude that's what's the matter with you. You see, my dear, seven months of married life is too short a time to cure a bad case of the fancies. What? That's my diagnosis.
6: I don't think I understand.
4: Oh, yes, you do. Yes, you do. What do you mean? Would you mind not breaking my crop? Thank you. I mean that ours was a
0: case of premature divorce, and you're in love with me still. He pauses cynthia has one moment of fury then she realizes at what a disadvantage this places her she makes an immense effort recovers her calm thinks hard for a moment more and then has suddenly an inspiration
6: jack some day you'll get the blind staggers from conceit no i'm not in love with you mr carslake but i shouldn't be at all surprised if she were she's just your sort you know she's a man-eating shark and you'll be a toothsome mouthful oh come now jack what a silly you are Oh, yes, you are to get off a joke like that. Me, in love with—
0: She looks at him.
4: Why are you here? Why are you here? Guess. Why are you—
6: Why am I here? I'll tell you. I'm going to be married. I had a longing, an irresistible longing, to see you make an ass of yourself just once more. It happened.
4: I know better.
6: But I came for a serious purpose, too. I came, my dear fellow, to make an experiment on myself— I've been with you thirty minutes, and—
0: She sighs with content.
6: It's all right. What's all right? I'm immune. Immune? You're not catching any more. Yes, you see, I said to myself, if I fly into a temper— You did! If I fly into a temper when I see him, well, that shows I'm not yet so entirely convalescent that I can afford to have Jack Carslake at my house. If I remain calm, I shall ask him to dinner.
0: Ask me, if you dare. He rises. ASK YOU TO
6: DINNER, OH, MY DEAR FELLOW, I'M GOING TO DO MUCH MORE THAN THAT. WE MUST BE FRIENDS, OLD MAN. WE MUST MEET, WE MUST MEET OFTEN, WE MUST SHOW NEW YORK THE WAY THE THING SHOULD BE DONE, AND TO SHOW YOU I MEAN IT, I WANT YOU TO BE MY BEST MAN AND GIVE ME AWAY WHEN I'M MARRIED THIS AFTERNOON.
0: YOU DON'T MEAN THAT. HE PUSHES BACK HIS CHAIR.
6: THERE YOU ARE, ALWAYS SUSPICIOUS. YOU DON'T MEAN THAT. DON'T I? I ASK YOU COME, AND COME AS YOU ARE. And I'll lay my wedding gown to Cynthia K. that you won't be there. If you're there you get the gown, and if you're not, I get Cynthia K. I "'I take it!' "'Done. Now then, we'll see which of us two is the real sporting goods. Shake.'
0: They shake hands on it.
6: "'Would you mind letting me have a plain soda?'
0: John goes to the table, and as he is rattled and does not regard what he is about, he fills the glass three-fourths full with whiskey. He gives this to Cynthia, who looks him in the eye with an air of triumph.
6: "'Thanks.'
0: maliciously as Vida enters.
6: Your hand is a bit shaky. I think you need a little King William.
0: John shrugs his shoulders, and as Vida immediately speaks, Cynthia defers drinking. Vida to Cynthia.
1: My dear, I'm sorry to tell you your husband— I mean my husband. I mean Philip. He's asking for you over the phone. You must have said you were coming here. Of course, I told him you were not here and hung up.
0: Benson entering hurriedly and at once moving to Vida.
3: "'Ma'am, the new footman's been talking with Mr. Fillimore on the wire. He told Mr. Fillimore that his lady was here. And, if I can believe my ears, ma'am, he's got Sir Wilfrid on the phone now.' Sir Wilfrid making his appearance, perplexed and annoyed.
5: "'I say, you know, extraordinary country. That old chap Fillimore, he's been damned impertinent over the wire. Says I've run off with Mrs. Carslake. Talks about Louise. Now who the deuce is Louise?' He's coming round here, too. I said Mrs. Carslake wasn't here. Seeing Cynthia. Hello. Good job. What a liar I am.
3: Benson coming to the door to Vida. Mr. Fiddler, ma'am, says the mare is getting very restive. John hears this and moves at once. Benson withdraws. John to Vida.
4: That mare's restive.
0: She'll break out in a rash. Vida to John. Will you take me? Of course. They go to the door. Cynthia to John
6: ta old man, meet you at the altar.
1: If I don't, the mare's mine.
0: Sir Wilfrid looks at her, amazed. Vida to Cynthia.
1: Do the honors, dear, in my absence. Come along, come along, never mind
0: them. A horse is a horse. John and Vida go out gaily and in haste. At the same moment Cynthia drinks what she supposes to be her glass of plain soda. As it is whiskey straight, she is seized with astonishment and a fit of coughing. Sir Wilfrid relieves her of the glass, Sir Wilfrid indicating the contents of the glass.
5: I say, do you ordinary take it as high up as seven fingers and two thumbs?
6: <coughs> Jack poured it out, just shows how groggy he was, and now, Sir Wilfrid,
0: she gets her things to go.
5: Oh, you can't go.
0: Brooks appears at the door. I am to be married at three.
5: Let him wait
0: aside to Brooks, whom he meets near the door. if Mr.
5: Fillmore comes bring his card up
0: brooks going yes
2: sir wilfred
0: to me tipping him brooks bowing
2: to you sir wilfred
0: brooks goes sir wilfred returning to cynthia
5: i've got to have my innings, you know i say you've been crying
0: king
6: william
5: you are crying poor little girl
6: i feel all shaken and cold
0: brooks returns with a card poor little girl
6: I didn't sleep a wink last night. Oh, what is the matter with me?
0: Why, it's plain as a pikestaff, you. Brooks has carried in the card to Sir Wilfrid, who picks it up and says aside to Brooks, Fillmore. Brooks assents. Aloud to Cynthia, calmly deceitful, who's Wardolph Smith? Cynthia shakes her head. To Brooks, returning card to salver.
5: Tell the gentleman, Mrs. Carslake is not here.
0: Brooks leaves the room. I thought it was Philip.
5: So did I. And now Mrs. Carslake, I'll tell you why you're crying.
0: Sitting down beside her.
5: You're marrying the wrong man. I'm sorry for you, but you're such a goose. Here you are, marrying this legal luminary. What for? You don't know. He don't know. But I do. You pretend you're marrying him because it's a sensible thing, not a bit of it. You're marrying Mr. Fillmore because of all the other men you ever saw he's the least like Jack Carslake.
6: That's a very good reason.
5: There's only one good reason for marrying, and that is because you'll die if you don't.
6: Oh, I've tried that.
5: The Scripture says, try, try again. I tell you, there's nothing like a whim.
6: What's that? Whim? Oh, you mean a whim. Do please try and say whim.
5: Whim? You must have a whim. Whim for the chap you marry.
6: I had for Jack.
5: Your whim wasn't whimmy enough, my dear. If you'd had more of it, and tougher, it would have stood, you know. Now... I'm not proposing.
6: I hope not.
5: Oh, I will later. It's not time yet. As I was saying.
6: And pray, Sir Wilfrid, when will it be time?
5: As soon as I see you have a whim for me. And now, I'll tell you what we'll do. We've got just an hour to get there in. My motor's in the corner. In fifty minutes, we'll be at Belmont Park.
6: Belmont Park?
5: We'll do the races and dine at Martin's.
6: Oh, if I only could. I can't. I've got to be married. You're awfully nice. I've almost got a whim for you already.
0: There you are. I'll send a telegram. She shakes her head. He sits and writes at the table. No, no, no. Sir Wilfrid, reading what he has written.
5: Off with Kate Starby to races. Please postpone ceremony till 7.30.
6: Oh, no, it's impossible.
5: No more than breathing. You can't get a whim for me, you know, unless we're together. So together we'll be.
0: John Carslake opens the door and, unnoticed, walks into the room.
5: And tomorrow you wake up with a jolly little whim. Reading. Postpone ceremony till 7.30.
0: There. He puts on her cloak and, turning, sees John. Hello. Hello. Sorry to disturb you. Just the man. Giving him the telegraph form.
5: Just step round and send it, my boy. Thanks. John reads it.
6: No, no, I can't go
5: coo cuckoo! can not I say, you must!
6: No! Do you mean you're going—
5: Off to the races, my boy!
0: Mrs. Carslake can't go with you there! Cynthia starts, amazed at his assumption of marital authority, and delighted that she will have an opportunity of outraging his sensibilities. Uh-huh. An hour before her wedding? May I know if it's the custom? It's worse than eloping!
5: Custom, you know, for the husband that was to dictate by george
4: there's a limit what what what
0: gathering up her things
6: what did i hear you say ah i say there's a limit oh there's a limit is there there is
4: i bar the way it means reputation
6: it means we shall see what it means
4: Uh aha
6: i'm here
5: to protect your reputation we've got to make haste you know
6: now i'm ready be sensible you're breaking off the match what's that to you
0: it's boots and saddles john taking a stand between them and the door no thoroughfare look here my boy
6: wait a moment sir Wilfrid. give me the wire thanks
0: taking the telegraph form from him and tearing it up
6: there too rude to chuck him by wire but you, Jack, you've taken on yourself to look after my interests, so I'll just ask you, old man, to run down to the Supreme Court and tell Philip, nicely, you know, I'm off with Sir Wilfrid. and where? say I'll be back by seven if I'm not later, and make it clear, Jack, I'll marry him by eight-thirty or nine at the latest, and mind you're there, dear. And now, Sir Wilfred, we're off.
4: I,
0: I'm not the man to, to carry—
4: Oh, yes, you are. A message from you?
6: Oh, yes, you are! you're just exactly the man,
0: Cynthia and Sir Wilfrid whirl out, great miracles of Moses, end of Act two.